Like we need, we need a bed cover. We need something. We needed more storage space. We were very low on storage. Space. Are we hot, Mike, right now? I just I just uh, started back up. So yeah, now you are. Oh yeah. Are, are you are you excited? Did you have something big to share that you didn't want to share out there? No, I mean, I'm like jumping out of my seat. I mean, I know you always got some uh, big secrets to share. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to save them for after do the intro. So that sounds fly. All right. All right. So shall we shall we get started here? Let's get it going. Let's you guys going. ready to rock and roll? All right, let's do it. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you might be. Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. I'm your host, Hayden Huber, and unfortunately, my co-host is not sitting next to me. This is about the second time in two weeks that he's abandoned me. Where the heck are you, Cole? Yeah, yeah abandoned you. I'm just a cruiser, man. Uh, I'm heading, you guys will be able to tell, but nice to be here today. Uh, we're heading back from... A trip. I'm actually sitting in the back seat. I've got Jr. my cousin. Jr. he's been here with me. And then Heath, you guys probably recall Heath was on this past episode we just released on Friday. So he's getting uh, he's getting his money's worth. Our, our oh, first two so time yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's guest. To, he's trying to repeat he's guest. What'd you say? He's our first uh, two time guest. You know. Oh, I, that's I, true. That's true. That's what uh, I think. That's what Chris said he wanted to be. But I think Keith beat him with a punch. You yep. bet. You better watch out, Cole. I think Keith's gunning for your uh, your job. Uh, I, I, I'm sitting right. <laughs> behind you. you better watch it. <laughs> uh, we're uh, we're all in the car coming back from a trip we went on. We actually went goose hunting. Geese hunting, goose hunting. I mean, I'm sure Heath will correct me every five minutes in this episode. But we went on a trip down to Kennet, Missouri. Um, shout out to Eagle Eagle Outfitters. Eagle Head. Eagle Head Outfitters. Uh, they took us on an awesome three-day three day hunt for snow geese. One snow geese, Ross geese, and blue geese. Okay. Uh, and it was, it was super fun. We had... Like, I mean, what do you guys think? We had some long days. We did. We had some, we had some really long days. 12, 12 hours in the blind. Yes, sir. Plus getting out there and coming back. Yeah, it was it was a good long day. We had good guides, too, though. All the guides were really great. For, oh, for someone that doesn't know much about hunting, such as myself, what exactly is the, did you say blind? Is that where you uh, set up camp and shoot down these birds? So, <laughs> so as badly as I want to answer that, because I like to think I'm like an expert now. Three days in. Three days, <laughs> three days in. Expert in three days. I'm telling you, I figured, I started figuring it out. Uh, I was I was more along the ride. So, Keith, can you give us a breakdown of like what the setup looks like for a, let's say a, the hunt we went on? Yeah. And you know what what what's the process? Like what is that kind of hunt? Uh, it's snowy, so it's conservation season. Basically, these birds started in camp. All the way down to Arkansas, and now they're doing the reverse migration. So, because the populations are absolutely astronomical, they allow you to shoot as many as you possibly can and have as many shells in your gun as you can fit. Okay. Um, down there, they they use pit lines, which 
the easiest way to put it, it's like putting a storage container in the ground so your head's level with the ground. Um, and they, I mean, there's so many ways you can hunt them, but that's just the most essentially comfortable. Sure. Um, and yeah, and you're basically trying to pull birds down on the reverse migration. So we had a pretty good showing of birds that had no business coming down from the altitude they were at, just bombing in. Um, but you can get spins up to 10,000 birds just circling your spread. Wow. So it's a, it's a hunt that kind of makes, makes you humble because back home when you're hunting mallards, you're going to see, I don't know, 40, 50 birds a day. Uh-huh. And you can only shoot four mallards a day versus however many snow geese you can drop are good. The best way I can describe it is, is it's a war. And when they say go, you, you stand up and you shoot as until you run out of shells. Yeah. So, so and reload and do it again. It's, so it's a uh, that, pretty, that, pretty exciting time. That that definitely does sound like uh, an exciting time and can certainly get your adrenaline going. I would assume. Is there like a, an objective to uh, shooting down these geese, or is it just simply like you get to go out and, and enjoy the experience, or like are they overpopulated at this time of the year, like? Yeah, so that's a actually it's a question that Aiden and I asked. I, we were talking about it a couple of days. We were talking about how there's you know different seasons. Like you said, you uh-huh. see like four mallards a day, right? And, and certain and certain waterfowl season. And uh, he's a you know I'm kind of going for bait here, but what I understand is that there's a there is a significant overpopulation of like the snow geese, like these specific like the snow goose uh, and bluebirds and ross goose, like all combined. Okay. There's just too many of them. They go from like way up north in like Saskatchewan, Canada, all the way down to Arkansas, back up. Like he said, like the right, and they're over they're overpopulating and eating the gnats, destroying the tundra up in the uh, up in Canada. So okay. they, they need to actually cut down on the yeah, number. Yeah, they're basically of birds. like we need like we got when they're coming back up. Even when they're like when they're by, it's the best time to hit them, and they're like just ton of. We want to get like there's. Right. There's like eight times more more birds there than we need that there should be for the environment. So that's why I was going to put it put it this way. Like Canadian geese, everybody knows what a Canadian goose is. What Heath was saying is we had this uh the mountains of Tennessee. We had this the dude, mountains of mountains of Kentucky Yeah, goose. we had this dude Bob that was a guy for us the second day. And he was like, yeah, older guy, been uh-huh. doing this for you know decades. It's his passion project. He's in love. He's passionate about it. Okay. So he would, I mean, there were some situations. So like the whole, if he mentioned the spin, the spin is when the birds want to come land on your decoys, you have to out the field. Yep. And so they start like coming down and checking it out. And if you get enough of them, enough flocks that were flying around, they all kind of start coming down here. It's called a spin because you can have like, 10,000 of these geese flying down over top of you and like spinning in a circle land. They're all coming down at once. So we didn't have one of those, but we did have situations where, you know, these birds were flying and they check out our decoys and where Bob was just above it, just killer was that he had this 
this little like geese goose call. What was it called, Heath? It's a fox, bro. It's during conservation season, too, you can use electronic calls. So it's really loud. And he got him to turn, I think, three or two or three groups. He got to turn back and come into the spread. Yeah. And so it was, uh, it was, again, one of those experiences that uh, I obviously never had. I think I think you're cutting through those mountains again. I'm losing you guys. Here is it better? There we go. Yeah, yeah, you're you're back. Hey, it's part of uh, it's part of the environment, hey. You're you're driving home. No worries. Yeah. Uh, so basically, I say this like it was new experience, and uh. I was actually talking to the guys, and I let them weigh off. Hayden, I'll close this kind of thought I had, and we can all kind of weigh in. Because so I was thinking about, you know, like, if I decided, hey, I want to come on this trip, I'm going to go shoot stogies. Like, I was telling them before we even got on, one of my thoughts was, I would never go. Like, it's cool. It sounds fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I got excited, more excited, because we were kind of all going as a group, and then Heath's like, over the top about it you know he's like i can't wait to shoot this one this one this one put them on my wall so he's like super <laughs> excited so i was i'm excited because he's excited but i wasn't like oh i can't wait to like go drop this snow goose because of this this and this i was like i don't know what it's gonna be i'm gonna get there i didn't watch any videos of people snuggies hunting i didn't like like i was just gonna go talking about like expectations yeah i didn't have any really i didn't know what to expect and i hadn't thought about it but, but going like fast forwarded when we got here and we started, like, uh, you know, preparing. And then we got out with these like, guides, and, and they were talking. He's we're talking, and Jr. is chiming in, and Todd, and all these these this group of individuals that has all this experience doing this stuff. I was able to sit there and go, "Wow, this is super interesting," but I never would have like really learned any of this stuff without taking the experience, right? Yeah. So it made the trip that much cooler. That not only were we dropping some birds and like having some great conversations in this pit mod and saying stupid shit to each other but we also like i was able to walk out of there going i'm interested in like waterfowl hunting and i would i would have said like it was cool to me before sure so i thought uh i thought we would just kind of tie that up and maybe some thoughts for you guys i'm sure i don't know what jr's opinion of that was but and yours age i just think it's it's super neat to to realize, like, sometimes when you take an experience, you can find a new hobby or a new passion you didn't really even think existed. So, like, you know, I'm just glad I made the decision to the trip. Right. Yeah, no, that's 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 an interesting uh, perspective that you, you bring up. I mean, as you said, you don't know what you don't know, and when you try something new, sometimes, uh, they exceed your expectations and you can end up finding just, you know, a new hobby that you fall in love with, um, which is awesome. I think a lot of people crave novelty or new things. And this sounds like one of those experiences for you. And it sounds like you're interested in, you know, doing something similar to this again, and maybe even expanding on the the type of hunting that you'd like to do. So that's super cool. Yeah, man, it was, uh, Again, it was one of those things, like you said, you don't know what you don't know, and you also don't know if you don't try. Like, you know, I came out here to do it, 
and you learn a bunch of put yourself in a situation. Oh, yeah, we did a lot of trying. Yeah, dude, I mean, yeah, <laughs> what do you think? Like, did you, I mean, wasn't it, was what you expected, or do you think it was different? I mean, I don't Well, you, you talk about, like, expectation setting. So, you know, for me, hunting's always been uh, a, a community thing to do. You know, Greg, growing up on a farm and hunting, for me, that was always, it was never really always ever a solo thing. It was get together with my uncles and cousins and and meet up before and after hunts and neighbors and talk talk to neighbors about how they did that year. And and I, I grew up hunting all kinds of different stuff, everything, you know, anything and everything we could. But, uh, but you know, now grown, family, kid, uh, job, you know, it's, it's harder to make time for those commitments, but once a year, you know, I'd love that my expectation is to go catch up with my, the, you know, the, the men in my family and go do a road trip and talk about random things and get lost on the, you know, in conversation and yeah, and, yeah again, yeah, getting right family, family arguments about <laughs> dumb stuff that, uh, you know, where to shoot the bird, just shoot the bird, you know? Yeah. Don't think uh, too hard. So the, <laughs> yeah. So there's that, that's, that's me. It was like, we, yeah, yeah, always, of course, yeah, I want to, the excitement of killing something or, or getting the opportunity to hunt. But for me, it's that expectation of, I, uh, I want to spend time with people I want to be around and, you know, enjoy, yeah, the camaraderie. enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the landscape, you know, I, I like landscapes and, you know, the, a lot of times you don't realize how cold it can get at night. So you oh, wake up at 4 a.m. and, Put yourself in a deep hole in the ground, and <laughs> it just yeah. It makes you have an appreciation for what you have, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, heat and air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. you gotta listen. The first day we're in there, that we got in this this. It's like I said, it's like a shipping container in the ground. Uh huh. But it was like twenty nine degrees, twenty eight degrees. We got out there above ground. So we literally got in an ice box. It was the ice. We like got an ice down. box. We got, we got ice our box. stuff. It's our first it's day here. So really, the only person prepared for this is Heath. Everybody yeah, else is like, uh, twenty nine is warm. Yeah, he yeah. Heath lives up in I think uh, uh, Bering Sea or some shit. <laughs> hey, but I hey, but I showed up with the warm coffee. Yeah, that was Jr. Got the coffee, but we were sitting all there. We're like, we're cold. We're getting cold, and nobody wants to really say how cold they are. Other my dad, he's like, this is freezing and he's like this is terrible you know, his face is blue his lips are teeth are chattering and we're like you know we're all giving him shit i was thinking oh, man, i'm cold too so this this guy adam hadn't mentioned the entire time that he had a heater in there and he goes i got a heater if you guys want so we turn the heater on and we have to and we got it we got it pretty warm it was like a little toaster oven in that in that pit line but it was a uh, yeah, I we got we had to all argue about that for, for 20 30 minutes before we decided to put it on. Right, right. Right. So Cole, you you mentioned that you don't have a lot of uh prior experience uh, you know, going out and hunting. What kind of like well, trying to trying to draw like a, a parallel here um and maybe I I misspoke slightly in terms of your yeah, your experience. You're trying, you're trying to, but I I yeah. get I guess what what I'm trying to get at here is for someone that might be one new to hunting or even thinking beyond that, I want to try something new. What kind of mindset do you need to have going into well, tackling something different? Yeah, well, I think that's a, that's a 
kind of a good question. And again, it's one of those things. I don't think people, we generally, men, women, I don't care you are, that you generally don't think about like all of the reasons why I'm doing something before I do it. You might, you might mm-hmm. go, oh, let me psychoanalyze this and like right. do this because I know deep down it's going to make me a better person. Like, no, it sounds cool. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So looking back on, you know, like taking this experience and, you know, doing it, it's like kind of, you know, kind of one of those things. It's like, don't overanalyze it and, and make a decision. You know, I think it, it's, you don't have to know all the reasons why you're going, but if it sounds interesting and it's, and it's within budget, within, you know, you can make the time work, whether it's, whether it's, uh, again, a, Are we still on here? Can you hear us? Cole is driving on the highway and podcasting, folks. That's pretty impressive, but drive safe there, Cole. I'm back. Oh, he's back. back. All right. Good deal. So uh, what I was getting at is, like, I I just think, again, don't overanalyze the decision, but if you're going to go do something, we've talked about this a lot, and, and Keith, I know you and JR could, could totally get behind this. I've heard you say it. And hate you have too. It's like, just go do it. Like, make it a positive experience. Yep. And have like, you know, set your expectations accordingly. Like, you know, I, I thought that was JR. I thought that was super interesting because your your expectation was some was that of somebody that's hunted a lot. Like, well, we, what, for me, it was we could have killed one bird. I've been completely right, satisfied and like, happy. You, like, you've been the, there um, and done that. Yeah, well, actually, I have not. I've never been goose hunting, but I have been. I have been. To, I have been waterfowl hunting, but so I kind of knew what we were getting into. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, it was not always about um, what we were, what we were, or how many birds we kill or anything like that. It was about being around, doing things. So, right. you know, I think when we're talking about like doing things that, you know, doing things that are unknown at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's always about, Hey, you only get one, you only get one shot at it. Like our friend says. So. Yeah. My, my saying's always been, uh, hopes high expectations low. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Things can change, especially waterfowling. I mean, we put a lot of miles into scouting and trying to find the birds and all that type of stuff. And, the one thing you can't control is the bird. You can have 300 birds in a field one night, and then you go to hunt them in the next morning, and nothing shows up. So um, not having expectations, usually if you just have that positive mindset, you're going to be just fine in any scenario, honestly. Heck so, yeah. have you done any hunting? I have not, no. I have only uh, shot a gun once before, and that was within the past 12 months. So I know very little. Oh, okay. That's not my fault. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> just uh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's cool. So, uh, is are what do you uh, what what are your shooting gun experience? You guys are uh, climbing through those Something mountains. I I can I can tell. I can I can hear bits and pieces. Do you mind repeating you that for me? I just texted. Call back. Uh, yeah, we're back. We're back in action. That's, so, that's how road trips work. Yeah, so uh, I think like overall it, it was 
hating about is persecuted God. Yeah. And what kind of guys? Yeah. Tell us about and it. And where was it? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Uh yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. We were we were asking about your uh, your first experience shooting a gun. How was your first gun experience? Shooting a gun experience. Uh my first thoughts were wow, this is a very powerful uh weapon. So nothing too surprising, but I mean I, I just didn't really know what to expect and since it was my first time, I think I was most concerned uh, with safety and properly holding uh, the gun. Um, I mean, it, it would definitely be something that I would do again. Um, but yeah, I just really never had the opportunity to go out and, and shoot, but it was it was cool. I would do it again, for sure. And how'd you kind of, did you feel, or how'd you get the opportunity to do it? Was it a buddy or... Yeah, so uh, a, a good buddy uh, from grade school that Cole and I uh, went to grade school with, uh, William Therner, actually, shout out to Will, uh, invited me shout out to out his, his uh, family farm uh, last fall. And yeah, that was my first opportunity. Very cool. Uh, Nate, what okay. kind of gun? What kind of gun? Uh, man, yeah. put me on the spot. I think we... We did. We we definitely shot. There was a shotgun, a rifle, and then two types of like handguns. I don't know like the specific type of handgun, Um, but yeah, I I would say I had more accuracy over the handgun. I don't know if that's common or not. Uh, Getting my stance right felt unorthodox or just weird with like the the shotgun and the rifle. Um, But again, that was just my personal experience for the first time shooting. Fair enough. Yeah. Dude, you would have liked this. Uh, you would like this goose hunting. I mean. Yeah, I saw. I saw some of the posts that were being put out there. I know uh, Heath is obviously a very avid uh, hunter when it when it comes to uh, birds and such, and definitely saw a lot of stuff that was very interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. So it was like, I mean, overall. Trip was just a, I think, a huge success. Um, and I know you, I know you've been grinding because you put in some, uh, some new stuff at the studio, didn't you? Yeah, I've been uh, trying to again optimize our studio, improve our ways of working. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we're we're both wired to some extent. We're always trying to do uh, something better uh, today than yesterday and uh, definitely making some improvements over the weekend here. I was actually uh, up till about 2.30 a.m. last night uh, installing some, some shelves and we'll be able to display some additional knickknacks, whatever. You know, we could turn into the modern day uh, infomercial just posting stuff I'm out on you, uh, we YouTube. Start, we can start selling products. <laughs> exactly. Someone's out there always selling. You'll, Why not you'll us? Put your million million play button up there one day. Exactly. Yeah. Someday. What, uh, what about we do? We do like Ricky Bobby on a Talladega Nights and put a sticker. <laughs> Nobody did that. You put it on the front of the car. Just put it on the camera lens. We put it on the windshield, and he was trying to drive with like a a Wonder Bread sticker on his windshield. Now, where where are you guys exactly? You guys are traveling through the mountains? Are you guys in the Tennessee area or Kentucky? We're, 
we're in Kentucky. We're, we're in Kentucky. Kentucky. We were going through some of those bad we're, spots. We're in Elizabeth Town. Okay. Kentucky, right, All right now. So but you guys we are were, definitely we were, heading north. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were coming from uh, Kennett, Missouri, which is just across the Mississippi River. It's okay. like right, it's right above Arkansas, basically. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. It's 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 in the fly path. We didn't just drive to Missouri for no reason from Ohio. <laughs> it wasn't educated it's, yeah, the, the the birds we were talking about hunting are uh, they, they that's the migration fly path. So we just are uh, in a city along the way. Right. It sounds and like the, you guys the, just the didn't economy is go out and blindly pick a place to to go hunting for these birds. Right. There's definitely some strategy and research behind it. Yeah. Well, yeah, which of, in our case we did none of. We, uh, we, you know, we we hired guys. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Hey, there's so, nothing wrong with yeah, working so, smart, right? Oh, absolutely not. You couldn't. I mean, we 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 had not. I would. I cannot talk. I can't speak for Heath, but but Heath couldn't handle the other five novice. Uh, well, four and a half novice shooters. So. Uh, <laughs> having some some guides that are used to Man, we keeping us yeah. between the uh, between the ditches so to speak was really helpful gotcha yeah man, it was I, again it was it was one of those things like you're trying to look back on on you just to talk about on this on this episode today and you like start to realize some parallels i think everybody should do should even if you're not podcasting it's a totally different thing I, this just occurred to me. I think, I think I would encourage our listeners, or like people that get our message, YouTube, Instagram, like you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is. I would encourage you to, and maybe you guys would agree with me. Encourage you to like think about an experience you had, like after you chose to do something. So like, let's say it's going on a trip you've been wanting to go on, or starting uh, again. We can talk about this. Like starting to take a new take uh, guitar lessons and looking back on like, okay, the first six guitar lessons, like what has come out of it? Any experience or like thing you choose to do, I, I, I like to relate more to experiences. Like you go somewhere and do something or, or try something new that's an experience, like a vacation yeah. or a hike. Um, I encourage just getting ready for today's episode. I 100% encourage people to take the time to, to, prepare to, to prepare to tell somebody like what value they got out of it. That would be what I said. What did you get out of this? That's a positive part of your life. Because once I started thinking about that question, a lot of these other underlying tones occurred to me. And then I was like, wow, this trip was a lot better than just killing geese. Sure. This was like, uh, so I don't know what you think about that, Heath, but I would, I would suggest people to try it. I mean, it can't be perfect, but I think it's a kind of eye-opening thing to, to come to a conclusion with. Yeah, no, I, I love your message there. You know, don't be afraid to, to try new things um, is kind of what I heard. And, you know, when you first start out with something new, whatever it might be, it could be hunting, it could be, you know, uh, swimming, wh whatever it might be, you're not going to be perfect on day one. And I think as human beings, we all want to get it down right uh, from the get go. I mean, that's just how we're wired. But having that patience and resiliency to just keep going after it, especially if you're passionate about it and, and you enjoy it. Uh, so just sharing that, you know, aspect as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm totally just piggybacking onto to what you said there. Uh, I, I totally agree. I think it's, you know, 
uh, really eye-opening to try new things. You find new found appreciation, and there's just different perspectives out there that you never knew really existed um, until you immerse yourself in something new. Um, kind of diving into another example in my life, you know, I worked for uh, UPS for, I don't know, three months or so during the holiday season. Uh, it's typically when they're slammed the most, uh, no surprise. Um, they still have this program to, today where, you know, they ask for additional help. So basically, you know, I rode along with the UPS driver. Um, and, and the point that I'm trying to make is before, you know, stepping into this uh, job to, to help the, the UPS drivers, like I just figured, okay, driving a truck, super easy. Like there can't be much to it, but there's a lot more that goes into uh, being a, a UPS FedEx driver, et cetera, Amazon driver. Like you have to know like your route, obviously, like what's the most optimal route. I think now with technology that certainly helps, like there's GPS. Uh, so some of that's been offset with that, but you also have to know how to like set up the packages or the drops in the right order. Uh, again, you're always on the clock, whether you think you are, or you aren't, uh, you're always being tracked. Um, so again, the, the point being is I just really didn't think there was that much to it. And, you know, I, I took on this job for three months and just found a new appreciation for those drivers. And again, they're just doing their best job to deliver that end package. You know, sometimes things could be the wrong size if their shoes or something ends up getting damaged. Now, I think that's up for debate on whether or not it's on UPS or the original shipper, but Again, it, right. it just goes back to how there's so much more than meets the eye. And you could apply that to just literally anything in life. You know, uh, people working in the service industry, uh, you know, there's there's an art to things, uh, how you interact with people. Um, it, you know, sometimes we downplay uh, certain roles out there, but at the so, end of the day, so you we, can find a lot of meeting. We downplay, like, what it takes to be doing something because we don't want to, like, we either we're either being judgy or we just don't know what we don't know, like you said earlier. Exactly. You know, like that 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 example the UPS, I think Jared, the, the Jared Heath, I would say, I mean, Heath, you know a shit ton about all this like I again, I like scratch the surface of what I actually thought you knew about water fouling until like I knew you knew a lot, like you're passionate about it, but like how much is a lot? Like what is that gauge? How much <laughs> is there to actually know? And some of these guides we had, the people we talked to, Hayden were, you know, whether it was Adam or Bob or uh, Josh or Mason, they all had like different experiences. Uh-huh. But you know what they're doing? Like, they're experts. Yeah. You go and say, hey, what's your favorite bird? Well, it's this kind of bird, and I shot it four years ago. And we had a downward, you know, a south south blowing wind, and it was forty three degrees out. And they get all this detail, that everything like they tell you the story behind it, or they're talking about a you know a bird from northern Canada or a bird on this island, whatever it is. Right. Like they put in their ten thousand hours. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're experts. experts. Yeah. They're experts, and you and, and you're like, there's that much to know about this. Like, there's that much like you can't just walk out the field and shoot your gun. You have to go at the right time of the year and have the right permit and have the right decoys. I mean, there's all these decisions and things that go into it. Yep. That, uh, yeah, you're like the UPS thing. You're like, well, how, how are we going to be to deliver packages? Right. How hard can it be to go shoot geese? I'm like blown away 
by the amount of stuff that goes into it. Well, the neat thing about it is, you know, you can choose to be an expert in anything you want. And, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, and one of the important things is, you know, it sounds cliche, but, you know, becoming an expert in a field or becoming an expert in your own arena, uh, a lot of times that can be some of the best fulfilling way to live a life, right? Is, is to uh, become interested in something, you know, dive head first, whether it be taking on extra risk to start a business or be an entrepreneur or, or, or simply, you know, going after a, a what could be just a, a lifestyle experience, like being a, a, a hunting guide or something like that. Um, you know, and essentially, once you can, you find yourself at that level where, wow, this is, uh, you know, you start separating yourself from, it, you know, regular individuals in this, in those respected areas. Yeah, I love that message, Jr. I mean no one's going to go out of their way to, you know, provide the experiences that you want. Uh, it's up to each of us to, you know, roll up our sleeves and, you know, immerse ourselves in some of the stuff that we want to do, whatever it might be. Love that message. Right. And that authentic, like the, you know, that authenticity comes out in people. And those are the people you read about. Those are the people that are, those are the people that are, you know, great content creators. The media is created around them. Yeah. I mean, the people, interest hell but yeah be not? be your own person be authentic and yeah you'll you'll attract you know what you're putting out into the world totally get behind that for sure do you guys uh see yourselves going on another hunting trip sometime soon it sounds like heath might not go with some of y'all but <laughs> <laughs> he's got so many go ahead Heath. you got i think three or four trips next just three just three but yeah i mean <laughs> Just three, it's, yeah. Just it's three. hard for me, being obviously an avid waterfowl hunter, it's hard to do the same trip twice every year. Like, I'll snow fish hunt again in my life. Yeah. But next year, I'm going to go to Washington to get a pintail and a, a widget, two different species, and then um, Southern California for a couple birds. So it's like, you got to pick and choose your battles. The nice thing with snow fish hunting is it's after duck season. So, um, you can, I mean, you can go snow goose on in March, which right. is, the is works. ridiculous. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got to set up for next year already. And then I go white tail hunt every year out in Missouri. So, um, yeah, I got a couple of trips coming up. That's, that's very cool. You, you definitely have some stuff lined up. I'm the same way when it comes to, to movies, you know, I'm not going to watch the same thing, uh, right away. I definitely want to go out and watch something different. So <laughs> tapping into a parallel there, you know, life's too short as it is. You might as well try different things. Love it. Yep. Yep. But I think it's all what you want out of it again. Yeah, like, for sure. To each their own. Yeah. It's unique because again, this is not just a hobby. This is a passion. This is like, uh, you know, he's poured hours and hours and hours and days and that money into this. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen not, some of your... JR and I, yeah, JR and I are like, this is something fun, and here's why we do it. <laughs> and sure. so, yeah, I'll come down and snow do because I don't think, I, I don't need to go on other hunts. Yeah, yeah, I mean, each person gets different things out of, you know, uh, an yeah. experience. Yeah, that, that's very cool. Yeah, I, I've seen some of Heath's stuff uh, now on, on Instagram, and it, it it's fascinating. Heath, do you mind sharing a little bit more? Like, do you collect the some of the, the kills that you have? It, it looks that way. 
Yeah, I mean, my goal is to shoot a mature, fully plumed out Drake, or obviously as geese go, you can't really tell male or female um, species. I want all 41 mounted in my trophy room. So um, that's that's a feat in itself because you think, oh, I just got to go here and you know, hunt with this person to get whatever bird it is. But obviously... Um, time of year matters too when those birds fully plume out. Sure. Um, all that type of stuff. So yeah, that's that's my end goal. Uh, but obviously, the experiences that come with it are, are priceless too, and the memories. Yeah, yeah I mean, I for sure. My, if we went down to my trophy room and you were like, "Hey, where'd you get this bird? Um, why is it special to you?" There's a story behind every single one. Um, right. So that's that's a cool talking point as well that you never forget that specific experience um, when harvesting something that you haven't harvested before. So. Amen. I, I, I love that message as well. There's a yeah. lot of good stuff that you guys are dropping. I think, you know, the power of storytelling is so underestimated at times. Um, and as you mentioned there, Heath, just the, the story behind uh, you know, some of what, what you have down in, in the basement is that that's awesome. You know, there's, there's more to it than just, yeah. Hey, look what I, I killed here. Uh, and you've got those memories that you're able to share with others and it brings, you know, other people into, uh, that experience or that journey. Very cool. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like taking that, uh, taking that position of, I, uh, you know, telling your story, not just because you're te- like somebody, sometimes people go into things going, well, you know, I don't want to post this because I don't want to just post something about myself. Yeah. Or I don't want to tell this. And it's kind of like, well, have you ever thought of it? Like post that story, not because you're worried about making it all about yourself, but because other people might connect with that story. You know, other people might be interested in that story and, you know, they can get something out of it. So like you're actually doing a disservice by not sharing that story or that experience. You know, you can look at it that way, which I think is a super interesting and like different way than a lot of, you know, a lot of like what's out there is like, you know, only share funny memes or this or that, but like don't share the real, real emotions, and real reason and story. And I think that's like, that's good for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I love that take as well. Uh, you're, you're putting, uh, you know, content out there that you think is going to be valuable for, for others. And, you know, it's going to be hit or miss at times, but as you said, you don't always have to, uh, worry about, Oh, what are people going to think about me or, you know, posting the most, uh, buzzworthy type of content. There's always going to be someone out there that appreciates your story, even if it's just one person or if it's, you know, a hundred thousand people. Um, so that's, that's very cool. Cool. Yeah. Hey, just so you know, we're going to hit like some mountains here in a minute. Yeah, I, I think uh, we, we definitely try to wrap things up here. Uh, I know you guys are uh, hurrying home from a, a nice, uh, long, successful hunting trip, uh, as you guys uh, shared. Uh, so I, I don't want to keep you guys uh, any longer. I, I appreciate you guys uh, dialing in. Cole, thank you for always being a kick-ass uh, co-host. I know uh, we did our best with some of the audio droppings here and there, but that's uh, that's part of the territory as you guys are uh, traveling through the mountains. Yeah, well, I think we can tie that together too. Uh, but no, man, I appreciate I appreciate you for 
set this up, dude. You're you're awesome. You you make this super easy. So, uh, you know, I said a couple couple days ago, I said let's do it on Sunday, and I was like, why don't we do it in the car? We knew it was going to be sketchy. We knew it might cut in and out. But you got you got it all set up, and we made it work. So hey, I we think, we uh, always find a way, whether or not it's optimal yeah, or not. Way, yeah, hundred percent. I thank you, Jr. Yeah, you guys kick ass as usual. Yes, uh, thank, thank you for joining us, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing yeah, those bro. those knowledge bombs, uh, wisdom, just your experiences <laughs> hunting this weekend. Sounds like uh, Cole's got to go back to the drawing board, though, and improve upon his uh, ways of uh, bird hunting. <laughs> I'll get better. I'll get better. I'm just playing <laughs> yeah, around. Tell, tell Jimmy. Tell Jimmy we said uh, not too shabby tonight either. He needs to keep it up. Yeah, Jimmy, great job, buddy. You're you're improving. Uh, Cole approves, which he doesn't give that out that often. Yeah, just he's smiling cheek to cheek. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, thank you all for uh, tuning in. Uh, We're going to wrap things up here again. Thank you to uh, Cole, Jr. and Heath. They joined us uh, remote in the car on their way back from a big uh, hunting trip. Uh, So again, uh, tune in to to listen to everything that uh, we discussed. Uh, the best is yet to be over here at Unscripted Exchanges. Uh, we're always evolving and working on our craft here in terms of who we want to bring on and what we discuss. Uh, so don't hesitate to reach out at unscriptedexchanges at gml.com. Have a kick-ass week, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, all. See you, guys. Bye. Thanks.